Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. Well, we need to prioritize who we are. I'm a, I'm a patriot, but I'm a Christian first. I put on Facebook today that I have spent literally my whole adult life in defense of country, in service to people, community, state, and since I've been saved, everything I could to serve God and God's people. And I struggle. I'm going to talk to you very genuinely out of my personal struggle. Because I, I have been all of those things. But all of those things have to take a second place to the Christ in me, to the Holy Spirit in me, to God in me. I want to scream from the rooftops. This isn't right. This isn't fair. This is, I, I feel like I, I need to make people aware as loudly and as arrogantly as I can. How dare you? But that's not what God has called us to be. And so today I'm going to talk to you out of 1 Peter, and it just so happens that God's right on time, if you can imagine that, with where we are in our study. And I'm going to talk to you about the Christ-like response to mistreatment. And we started, I wasn't even supposed to teach this this week, I was supposed to teach it last week, but only got through one verse, and, and rightfully so, because I feel like it needed to be said today. We talked last week about how in order to be submissive, that God requires certain things of us. And in 1 Peter chapter 8, it says, to sum up, because he had been talking about submission, all of you be harmonious and sympathetic and brotherly and kind-hearted and humble in spirit. We have been called to be these things in the face of blessing and in the face of adversity. Amen? And so we are to be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. How we react in times like these, in times like we're living in, tells people who we are, shows them who we are in a very real and a very tangible way. Imagine for a moment, if you can, that you have, this is the best way I can know to put it, you have rats in your cellar. You know the rats are there. What is the best possible way to find and actually see that rat? is to sneak up to the attic or the cellar, throw the door open, and then in that spontaneous moment, see the rat exist. If you're making noise, if the rat has time to prepare for your presence, you're never going to see it. But it's in the spontaneous way in which you present yourself that the rat is seen. This is true of us. When we're not these five things that the Bible calls us to be, harmonious, sympathetic, 
brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, when we're not these things, then when we are surprised, who we really are, people see. It's easy for us to fake who we are, these things, when we have an opportunity to prepare for these things. So who are we really? When God opens the door of our life and slings it open and we're unprepared, or the people beside us at work do it, or the people on Facebook do it, or the people wherever it is you happen to socialize or hang out do it, what are they seeing? Are they seeing the prepared you or the true Christ-like you? Are they seeing the rat in the cellar or are they seeing... The harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit you that Christ called us to be. This is an important question. Because you can only fool people for so long. It's a matter of time before they find you out. You can only pretend to be someone for so long. And then only when you're focusing on who you want them to think that you are. Have I lost anybody? Everybody understand where I'm coming from? So how do we be this? What is our Christ-like responsibility to this? And that's what I want to talk about today. The Bible says in verses 9 through 12, not returning evil for evil. How does Christ-like people react when mistreated? By not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. <laughs> this messes me up. But God, as my wife prays all the time, mess us up. She says, Holy Spirit, get in our business. We need the Holy Spirit to get in our business in the church today. Not just this church, but the church. Because let me tell you, a truth that can't be declared in Africa is the truth isn't a truth in America either. And so if there's a problem, if the gospel can't be preached there, the gospel that we're preaching here can't be preached there. It's not the gospel. So the Christian they're expected to be there, where people are cutting their heads off, is the same kind of Christian we're expected to be here. The harmonious Christian, the sympathetic Christian, the brotherly Christian, the kind-hearted and humble in spirit. He's talking to Christians. You guys know the background of the book. He's not talking to people who aren't saved. He's talking to people who are being persecuted which is exactly why I believe God led me during this time, led us to study 1 Peter in the first place. Because we started this before it was as bad as it is. And even if it gets worse, these truths still stand. And so we're not to return evil for evil, or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called to this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Verse 10, 4, which literally means because the one who desires life to love and to see good days must. Everybody say must. 
Keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must, everybody say must, turn away from evil and do good. He must, everybody say must, seek peace and pursue it. You know what I love about must? It's a declarative statement that doesn't leave room for, but what if? It doesn't matter. The Bible says you must do these three things. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So we're going to start, we're just going to break this thing down. We don't return evil for evil even when we want to even when we think we have a right to. Peter's echoing the words of Jesus himself here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. Let me read this to you and spend some time. I've asked you to have Christian ears today above your American ear. Starting in verse 38. For you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You need to know Jesus is turning the world upside down in this message. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. You know what he's saying? That as a Christian, we don't have the right to retaliate. I told you, put your American ears away, and listen. These are the words of Jesus. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also, which means you don't have a right to your stuff. <laughs> I can feel the heat going up in here. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. TWO, which means you don't have a right to your time. Whoever forces, give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you, which means you have no right to your money. What has Jesus just said? An eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth? No, let me turn your whole world upside down. He said, that's not the way the Christians should think. Because although we have rights as an American to our stuff, to our money, to our time, and we praise God for those things, in the reality of the spiritual realm, our rights become obligations to the kingdom of God. We have an obligation to be peacekeepers, not, retali not, not be retaliatory. Our rights become an obligation to the kingdom of God. I know, I'm sweating too. I told you I don't like it. But you know what? There's no place I can find in Scripture that says, unless you don't like this, in which case just completely disregard it. He continues, Jesus does, by continuing to turn the world upside down. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is what you heard. This is right according to the law. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Because you don't have rights. You have obligations. 
we're leaders in a society that doesn't view us as leaders. But that's okay. They don't have to view us as leaders for us to be leaders. You know the thing that's probably the worst thing about being in leadership? Is you are a pyramid turned upside down. Let me explain. Pyramids are strong because they have a wide base. Right? They, you go anywhere there. They can do wherever, wherever you want to go in that foundation and you're going to be secure. The higher in leadership you get, the higher you get to the point. But that pyramid for leadership is turned upside down, which means you lose all your foundational rights and they become obligations. And you become the fixed point on which the foundation sits securely. That can only happen as we recognize our rights don't matter. I have less rights than the person that comes in here on Sunday and does nothing, serves nowhere. You know why? Because I'm leading. And your rights diminish as you grow in your leadership. I say all that to say you are leaders in a society that doesn't care if you're leaders. But you're still obligated where before you had rights. Everybody okay? I want you to be okay, but I don't need you to be okay. I need you to adhere to the Word of God. And this is what the Word says. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why? So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So if I'm going to put this on the scale, what I'm trying to weigh, my rights versus being called the Son of God, one of the, the sons of the Father, which of which these do you think I'm going to give more weight to? Being called a son. I set it all aside to be called the son. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? We slap ourselves on the back and be all, we did good. You did good with somebody you like that you want to spend time with. Do that same good for somebody you dislike. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus sacrificed everything for, a for people that hated him. Are you willing to sacrifice for someone that hates you? I mean hates you like they hated Jesus. Because the promise that we have is they hated me, so they will hate you. But I don't hate them in return. And so are you ready for that? What about people that don't hate you? They just disagree with you. Because we want to get bound up over those folks too. People can't find Jesus for the mess we make around Jesus. You guys ever tried to be fishing or looking for something, you crawl into a 
a creek. Like we used to do, go crawdad hunting when I was a kid. You crawl into a creek, it's crystal clear. And you know the crawdad's in there somewhere. But the second you step in the water, it gets all muddy and you can't find it. Perhaps they know Jesus is in there somewhere, but because we're stepping all over the place and making the water muddy, they can't find it. This convicts me. I've made a pointed effort on social media to only say things that are gracious. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. Do I like the political climate in America right now? I don't. Do I like the moral climate in America right now? I don't. Does it speak vehemently against my convictions in the Word of God? It does. But you know what? My obligation to God overrides my rights to self. I'm preaching good. I wonder if you would love the way Jesus loved those who hate you, those who dislike you, disagree with you, or for even those maybe you don't know. Paul, one of the most convicting things Paul says to me, he says in Romans 9, 3, he says this, For I wish that I myself were accursed, separated for Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. He had such a love for people while in a Roman prison. imprisoned by Jews that he was willing to say I would that myself would be separated a curse removed from Christ because I love my brother enough to want him to go to heaven and we've decided that our rights are more important than our obligations they can't be 1 Corinthians Chapter 4, verses 11. Let me, let me read this to you. This, this messes me up too. To this present hour. Paul, Paul wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. But it's as relevant right now in this present hour as it was in that one. We are both hungry and thirsty and are poorly clothed and are roughly treated and are homeless and we toil working with our hands when we are reviled which means we when we're hated we bless when we are persecuted we endure when we are slandered we try to conciliate which means to reconcile we have become as the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, even until now. Are we prepared to be this? Are we willing to put our head down and say, whatever you need to take from me, whatever I'm willing, whatever you need to strip me of, 
whether I be poorly clothed or roughly treated or even homeless, I'm going to continue to work with my hands, that I'm going to bless those who hate me, endure persecution for Christ's sake, and ultimately, even when I'm slandered, try to reconcile with that person so that that person might be reconciled to Jesus. Can I tell you myself, if I was going to be completely transparent, I would say sometimes. I'm willing to do that sometimes. But there are other times where it rages in me. And so you know what I do? I recognize the musts. I acknowledge that in order to be Christ-like and to persevere, to endure, to bless others, to reconciliate myself to them, to reconcile myself to them, and then through me to Christ, I must keep my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking deceit. I must turn away from evil and do good. I must seek peace and pursue it. I have to keep my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking deceit. That means I, I can't just, it's, it's not enough that I just not talk ugly about them. I can't lie about them either. <laughs> you're like, well, I'm not a liar. You may not be, but are you listening to liars? Are you perpetuating other lies as Facebook fact? What you talking about, Willie? I found this link on Facebook. I'm going to share it. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. You don't even know if that's true. Uh, I told you. She, she, she's laughing at me. I told you sometimes... <laughs> I'm struggling, man. But you know what? I praise God that he loves me enough to keep me in this struggle. That he continues to bring my lack to my attention. And strengthen me by the power of his Holy Spirit to continue to pursue. That my lips be sealed against speaking evil against someone else. And to bless them. Instead, how do we bless someone that's persecuting us? To pray for them. And to love them. To expect to give them what you would expect from them. How do you love people that are, how do you bless people that are Christians that talk crazy? You pray for them. It's crazy. You got the righteous and the unrighteous. How do you bless them? Pray for them. Pray that the unrighteous come to reconciliation with Christ Jesus. And pray that the righteous become more righteous. That's how I'd have you pray for me. Where I still lack in unrighteousness, pray that I become more righteous. That's how you bless me. 
This is the word of God to us. That we must keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking deceit. That we must turn from evil and do good. It's not, a, it's not enough for us to just stop talking. we got to start doing. We talk a good game in church, man. Church world, let me tell you. <laughs> you know why people, a lot of people are scared to walk in a church building? Because we've convinced them we are, we are something other than we are. You know, they think, I can't go to that church. My own brother, you guys, most of you know, I've got a brother that's homosexual. In his words to me, if I walked in that church, ceiling would fall in. Because someone has convinced him that God can't love them. Probably because they've convinced him that they love, that God loves them more. If we could just do the word. If we if we do, if we just must turn away from evil and do good. Not just turn from evil, but do good. Don't empty your hand of evil things. Fill your hand with good things. And then finally, he must seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. <laughs> seek peace and pursue it. To seek something is to vigorously search after. And then to pursue it is to chase it down with everything that you have. How much time do we spend seeking and pursuing peace? Because the Bible says something very specific about peacekeepers, peacemakers. Anybody know what it is? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Whose is the kingdom of heaven? Those who seek peace and pursue it on behalf of themselves and on behalf of others. Why do we do all of this? Why would God expect this of us? Doesn't he know we're fallible? Does he know that we, we, we're not good at it? Of course he does. But in your infallibility... You're seeking, you're willing to seek in your infallibility. You can show other people that it's okay to be infallible or to be fallible if you pursue the infallible. It's okay to be flawed if you pursue the flawless. We must keep our tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Must turn away from evil and do good. Must Seek his peace and pursue it. For. What does for mean? Because. Because the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. And his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I want the I want the eyes of God to be turned towards me, not against me. 
And I want the same for you. I want God to say, look at look at that one. Look at that servant right there. It's not arrogance. That's humility. That's submission. That's me willing to do whatever is necessary to make my dad go, look at my boy right there. The boy right there is doing it. He ain't always getting it right. But he's doing it. He's chasing it. He's recognizing where his flaws are. I need, you need, we all need God's face to be turned towards us. Because when we're righteous, we have a promise that he hears our prayers. How many of y'all got a prayer request that hasn't been answered yet? I do. I got a whole list of them. You know how I get those prayers answered? Seeking righteousness. By putting away evil. By shutting my mouth. By seeking peace and pursuing it. I attain to righteousness. And in righteousness, God answers my prayers. The Almighty, Pastor Leonard said it, with just a spark of your son, we get to see a piece of it. The God that created that tells you that he will answer your prayer if you seek righteousness. For the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We know the truth. We know the word. I give it to you almost every time we get together. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. For this is the confidence that we can have, that we have. That anything we ask according to the will of God, he hears us. And because he hears us, what? We have what we ask for. Now, can I tell you, I'm hanging my whole life on that promise. Because you know what I've asked for? I've asked for righteousness. I've asked that the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ cover me so that I might not spend eternity in hell. That he spread that love to the people that I love too. That by the power of his Holy Spirit, he changed their heart. He changed their life. And you know what's incredible? That's according to his will. Because it's according to his will, he hears me. And because he hears me, I'm celebrating beforehand. I'm celebrating right now the salvation of my lost loved ones. I'm not waiting until God does it. Because faith says that he's already done it. Or he's a liar. And he's not a liar. There's no deceit in him. And that should bring us comfort. How do we act in times like these when we're being mistreated? And by the way, I'll tell you, we've not been mistreated yet. Not significantly enough even to be really talking about it right now. But I want to prepare you so when the door's slung open, you're not a rat caught in the light, not sure which direction to go. Amen? All of that. Walk harmoniously. Be sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Not just to the people you know, 
but to the people who hate you. And watch God show up. Amen.